Welcome to Watching Trees Grow, a podcast by Troutwood, hosted by Jean Natali, co-founder and CEO of Troutwood. Watching Trees Grow is here to help Gen Z plant the seed for a sustainable and stable financial future. If you'd like to discover more from Troutwood, our speaker series is designed to work side-by-side with the Troutwood suite of investment, educational, and financial planning tools. Please visit troutwood.com to learn more. Now, here's Jean Natali. Welcome to Troutwood Live, our first episode of 2021. I hope everyone tuning in live had a happy and healthy holiday. Uh, Happy New Year. Today, I am thrilled to kick off uh, the 2021 season of of Troutwood Live with a friend, uh, with a colleague here in Pittsburgh from my work on the CFA Society Board, Charmaine Lowe, with a company called Ansys. Ansys is a local company based in Cannonsburg, we're going to learn a great deal about ANSYS. We are going to have some fun today. Um, Charmaine, welcome. Welcome to Travelwood Live. So excited to have you with us. Hi, everyone. Hi, Jean. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I, Charmaine, I cannot wait to share our story, to share your story uh, with our uh, attendees. Uh, just really quick before we dive into our finance terms and uh, some of our, our education, I, I have three daughters. And I was talking with my daughters over breakfast this morning and everyone tuning in live or following on the recording. Charmaine, you are rare in the finance and technology industry. Charmaine and I met at a conference, a diversity and inclusion conference that CFA Society Pittsburgh held. And that conference is so important because there are not enough women in finance or technology. But it's changing quickly, right, Charmaine? Yeah, I remember the focus of that conference was actually diversity and inclusion. Um, So that's how Jean and I met, and that's the perfect kickoff point uh, to this video. Absolutely. And I I can tell you that when I look above my age range, I don't see much diversity. But as I look further down, you almost see a one-to-one ratio. And that is so exciting. The opportunity that Charmaine has to inspire the students watching just really excites me. We are going to dive into a really fantastic presentation, but kind of sticking to our, our outline here, we have our finance term of the episode. And I'm extremely excited because not only do we have two videos to share with you on this front today, Charmaine has tied both of these finance terms into her presentation. Our first finance term of episode four is bullish. Translator, what is bullish? Translator, Louie. An optimistic view that the market or investment is likely to go up. These are, these these short videos are on travelwood.com and I encourage all of our students and educators watching live to get active in that chat box. We have members of the Troutwood team that are gonna be throwing challenge questions. And a first challenge question is, what is the opposite of bullish? And I'm not going to give you a whole lot of time to answer that question because we're going to go right to the opposite, which is bearish. And we have one more quick video to share. Translator, what is bearish? Translator, Louie. A pessimistic view that the market or investment is likely to go down. I love those videos. Uh, and my last challenge, 
And for all the students watching, I'm going to give you about a 10 or 20 second head start. I actually have my screen on share. All student participants go to the Troutwood map, and I want to see who can find the company that Charmaine works for first. That company is called Anthis. Who can find Anthis on the Troutwood map? Uh, and your 10 second head start is ticking down pretty quick. And for anyone tuning in for the first time, uh, I'm going to show how there's a couple of ways to find the various companies. The hover feature, Ansys is based here in Pittsburgh, but also this search bar. And there is Ansys right here for those watching from Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania in our own backyard. We will come back to this fact sheet. I'm going to stop uh, talking because this is Charmaine's episode. And Charmaine, <laughs> I, am, I am excited. I'm going to probably have a hard time not interrupting you with questions. Feel um, free to interrupt. I wanted I to be a conversation. That. Yeah, I definitely wanted to be a conversation. So guys, keep the questions coming. Um, you know, Gene, keep the comments coming. I wanted to be interactive and conversation like. We appreciate that, Charmaine. I see a challenge question on the screen there. What is the current stock price of ANSYS? That's a good question for students in the YouTube. Charmaine, I'm going to kick it off as we go into your presentation. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask, as, as just kind of an introductory question, what is your story? You know, how did you ultimately get to ANSYS? Yeah, so I think my story started when I was very young. Both my parents are in finance or in the business world. So I remember every, you know, dinner time at the dinner table, they would always be talking about the markets or different finance terms. So that's how I kind of got introduced to finance early. Um, you know, I'm going to be honest, it wasn't my first career choice. I wanted to be a doctor actually um, right before college. But, you know, I took an internship at an eye clinic and I saw um, the doctor injecting one of the patients uh, with some liquid. And I knew then and there I needed to switch career paths and um, you know, since I had the early introduction early on and I was, you know, always interested in the markets and finance, that's how I decided to study finance in college. And um, that's how I'm, you know, in the finance field today. Well, so we actually have a similar story we'll talk about off camera because I had the best of intentions <laughs> of being a doctor as well and also ended up in, in finance. Um, yeah. Um, the CFA designation, I have to ask what you thought of the, the, the three levels and what made you make that decision? Yeah, um, so I actually started, you know, studying for the CFA exam right after I graduated from college. I think, um, you know, the reason why I wanted to do it is because of the curriculum within the exam. So they cover a diversity of topics, right? Investments, valuation, corporate finance, derivatives. And I wanted a certification that kind of encompasses all. Um, and also, I guess my motto in life is go big or go home. So I wanted to choose the hardest most brutal exam, um, in my opinion. I don't know, Gene, if you agree that studying for the exam was pretty brutal, but worth it. I, I agree 100%. The industry supports that statement as well. <laughs> I, I think go big or go home is an incredible message to deliver to the students watching as well. Charmaine, let's dive into your presentation and, and a shout out also to anyone watching from West Virginia. Charmaine is a graduate of West Virginia University. Go Mountaineers, go Mountaineers. All right, um, I'm gonna share my screen now.
while Charmaine is sharing her screen and preparing this presentation, I'm going to ask our students to bring up the fact sheet for ANSYS that I showed earlier, because I have had the luxury of seeing Charmaine's presentation before she brings it up. There are some really cool pictures. And, and let me let me share this story too. When okay. we were recording the Troutwood map, we were having fun. We thought it was a really neat way to remove the fear of finance and investing by building out fact sheets like we did. Mm -hmm. I vividly remember, and I'm certain that I have colleagues watching that are grinning ear to ear because it was the ANSYS fact sheet where we said, wow, this is cool. This is a cool company. It's a local company people want to learn about. Charmaine, take it away. Awesome. Yep. We'll definitely get more um, into ANSYS a little early on. I just wanted to introduce um, a little bit more about you myself. Can you guys see my screen? Okay, great. Um, so as I said, you know, I started my interest in finance from an early age that motivated me to study finance and economics at West Virginia University. Um, this college is about one and a half hours drive from Pittsburgh, and it's also the home of the Mountaineers. After I graduated, I was very lucky to be able to work in the finance department for Milan Pharmaceuticals and ANSYS, both in uh, the PA area. And throughout my time, um, as Gina and I talked about, um, you know, we, I've also pursued uh, the Chartered Financial Analyst um, certification, um, and that was how Gina and I met. Um, and just a fun fact about me, I would love to travel and adventure to as many countries as possible before I get old. I want to introduce you guys to my current employer, which is ANSYS. Um, ANSYS is an extremely fast growing software company and we develop simulation software for engineers. So what does this mean for us in the real world? I know these are very big words that you know, we are throwing out there. When you think about a company launching a product, say um, Boeing who launches a plane, um, you know, Boeing as a company will have two main goals in mind. The first goal is to make the product as efficient as it can be. So for example, a company may want the plane to be able to fly as fast as possible through a snowstorm. And the second goal is to make sure the product is safe for you and I. And that's where ANSYS technology comes in. It creates scenarios for the people making these products to design and test them before releasing it to you and I. In this picture that you see here um, is the Volkswagen IDR race car. So this is a fully electric car that a car company called Volkswagen created using ANSYS technology. Volkswagen wanted to compete in a race called Pikes Peak International Hill Club, um, but they were on a time race. They only had less than a year to build an electric car for racing. What they did was use ANSYS to create the most efficient battery they could. And turns out they ended up cementing a place in racing history because they shattered the lap time record for electric vehicles. They came in at about seven minutes, 57 seconds, um, you know, in their first ever fully electric car. So I think that is um, very impressive. And uh, this is something that I always uh, think about. It's a very, it's a cool picture. Shut yeah, it is a very cool picture. I hope you understand, um, what is the technology 
that ANSYS, that cool car picture, what mm -hmm. piece did ANSYS build? ANSYS technology helped build the battery component of um, this car. So we used a program called the ANSYS Twin Builder. And you know, from that, we kind of looked at the battery and we're saying, which, how does the electrical components you know, work in order to make the car the most efficient so that it can drive the fastest in this race, in these conditions? That's super cool. Yeah. Another example I have is this car called the BMW iNix. Um, so BMW is another car company and it is developing a car that can essentially drive itself using ANSYS technology. Um, this is a term um, called autonomous vehicle technology. So with autonomous vehicles, there's this big potential to reduce traffic accidents um, because you know, there's all the sensory data involved. However, heavy testing is needed to ensure safety. So if you're sitting in a car that can drive itself, you will want to make sure that the car you know, has gone through many different driving scenarios that ANSYS technology provided. Um, they announced this partnership last year, and they said last year that the first vehicle launch is kind of expected to be around 2021. So let's keep an eye out from that. Oh, well, Charmaine, when, when I knew we were having this today, I, I put this car behind me. Mm -hmm. Because this car, if I open the door, has no driver. That's exactly what we we're going to look out for on the streets. That is, and that is what an autonomous vehicle is in the software that you're building mm -hmm. to create. Exactly, it's going to be you know an episode of the Jetsons. Ah. Charmaine, I have we have your video uploaded and running. I'm going to have Jay uh, show that video real quick. Okay, perfect. Jay, take it away. Before every innovation sees the light of day and every robot learns on its own. Before every automobile safely drives itself and every rocket ship reaches the stars. Before every product is printed out of thin air and every digital twin prevents a tragedy. Before every baby takes her first breath and every virtual reality becomes reality. Before every student has the world at their fingertips and every patient gets his sight back. Before all this can become real, there is a designer, an entrepreneur, an engineer, a student, a scientist, a visionary, tirelessly working to create a better world using the most powerful, the most pervasive simulation technology on the planet. 
before every product delivers on its promise. There is ANSYS. I'm going to see if we can throw that in our fact sheets. When we send out okay. the episode notes, all of the students can rewatch that and share with their parents and their educators because there was some really neat technology in that video. Right. I wanted to showcase how, you know, the technology can be applied to so many different types of products, not just cars or, you know, planes like we talked about. Because engineering is everywhere. Innovation is everywhere. And, and what's so neat, I want to remind our audience we were talking at in the beginning of this episode about women in finance, and you are showing that incredible technology. So it mm-hmm. shows the blend in the fields, and it shows how well you can have various passions in life. There's a lot of different ways to get there. Right. I never thought I would be working um, for a technology company either, because you know my first real job was in pharmaceuticals. That is a totally different industry, but um, you know it tech and software, it is a very exciting industry. I'm very happy to be part of it. But what an incredible lesson for students as well, that you aren't necessarily tied to your first step because at every step we learn more about ourselves. Exactly. Or, you know, Jean's and I's ambition to be a doctor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which neither of us are doing right now. <laughs> yep. And that's fine. <laughs> Um, This is the last um, development that I wanted to show you guys because, you know, some of the innovation from ANSYS is also seen in space. So what you're seeing here is a spacecraft. And in order for, you know, spacecrafts to orbit in space, um, they have tanks to hold fuel, just like how cars have tanks to hold fuel. Um, However, these tanks can experience what we call fuel sloshing, and this could change the center of mass and sensors around the craft. Um, the engineers from Airbus have been using the ANSYS technology uh, to see how the fluid and the tanks kind of work together um, to reduce this effect. Very cool. So that is all I have on the ANSYS side. Um, I know Jean is very excited for me to um, introduce the discussion for two new finance terms today, the bull market and the bear market. Um, So the bull and the bear, when I'm looking at these two pictures, you know, you can see two formidable creatures and they look strong, they look fierce. The traits of these animals are what is used to describe the behavior of the market. Can you think about what these traits are? This is a comparison between the bull and the bear market. Let's focus on the bull market today. So when you think about, you know, when a bull attacks, the bull strikes is his opponent with his horns, sending the opponent upwards. Therefore, when we talk about the bull market, we say that the performance of the market is steadily increasing and going up. This usually usually happens when the economy is doing really well. Um, So, you know, when people have jobs, when people have uh, good income levels, and, you know, therefore they're going out to spend money in order to help other businesses. Investors, therefore, feel very good about the future of of the market, and they believe that the future prices will continue to increase. That's why they're buying more and more of that market, because we're buying it at a lower price and we're going to get profit later on. When you think about the bear market, uh, you can think about it as being the lazy brother that is opposite of a charging bull. They do not get along because they're opposites. 
So a bear, when it attacks, you know, it strikes downwards with its claws. And that's why it's used to describe the market not doing well and, you know, the prices of the market falling. So in this case, the investor is worried that they are going to lose money. Um, that's why they're selling all the shares they have. Charmaine, who wins more often, the bull or the bear? There are reports out there that shows that uh, investors who are more bullish, so who are more positive about the economy, usually earn more money than investors who are bearish. The glass half full versus the glass half empty. Exactly. This here is um, a market snapshot for the whole of last year. And let's focus on the blue line. So the blue line that we see is the price of the market as months go by from January 2020 to December 2020, so left to right. Um, and you can see that in Feb, the price was about $3,000. And in March, a month later, it dropped drastically to around $2,000 on the left side of the graph. You then see the price slowly start to recover again till the end of the year, till about $3,700. So let's have a little, you know, self pop quiz. Can you guess which months was there a bear market? If you guessed that it was going to be in March, um, you are right. So we call this the bear market because when the pandemic hit the wall, people were at home and spending less money. Um, investors were worried about losing money and therefore started selling all their shares. Now, when, when is the bull market? It is basically the rest of the year when people started being more confident in the market again and started buying um, you know, shares. And that helped put all, push all the prices up. Um, That's an excellent graphic, Charmaine. Thank you. Um, so Jean, I think that's all I have PowerPoint wise. I know we probably only have a few more minutes for questions, so we can um, switch to that. Let's dive right into the questions. We've got some very good ones. Um, sure. The first one, uh, it was, it flashed across the screen a, a minute ago from Enzo. And the question was, after you have an idea, how long does it take to execute it, Charmaine? Yeah, so I would say, you know, it depends on the idea, of course. Um, you know, depends on how complicated the idea is. But for me personally, I like to think of it as big picture to small picture. What I like to do is maybe do a little mind map um, at the beginning to kind of have a big picture on what do I want to achieve with the idea? Um, how do I need to put the idea together? And then kind of narrow it down by, uh, by detail. So then I think about all the steps I need, you know, in order to progress and to develop this idea. Then finally, it will be execution. So timeline-wise, it honestly def definitely depends on the idea and how complicated it is. Boy, Charmaine, I could build homework assignments based on that answer. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> uh, another question from our audience, uh, and this is a, a good one with the slide that's up now. Um, this is from Simon. Charmaine, how does a bear market turn into a bull market? Yeah, that is um, a very good question indeed. So. I would say the market is turned around when people like you and I feel positive that the economy is doing well and that will lead to the stock price increasing and that's when the bull market um, happens. So I'm trying to bring it back to real life now. 
when the stocks plunged in March, like you see in the in the graph, um, you know, the companies and governments were coming up with a vaccine to solve the problem, which is the pandemic. Um, government also made borrowing for small businesses cheaper and mm -hmm. gave out loans to help people keep their jobs. So when people have jobs and, you know, they're able to travel more outside and, you know, go for dinner, the economy is doing better. And that's when the market turns around. Well, and you said um, travel, which leads really well into another, another question. Uh, mm -hmm. What is the difference between American money, American dollars and euros? And I remember in your introductory uh, slide where you mentioned you like to travel. So I, I feel that you are yeah. well positioned to answer this question. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, you know, I will say that both the euro and dollar, they are called currency. Um, Jean, do you have a dollar bill by any chance? I, I do. All right. So that's what American dollar looks like. And, you know, that is the money you used to spend and buy things in America. It is the official money here. The euro is the official money in Europe when you go there to buy things there. So say if you wanted to go to Paris for vacation and right now you're at 10 American dollars, you need to go to the bank and exchange that for euros so that you can buy uh, things in Paris. And I don't have any euros with me right now, but I do have other currency that I wanted to show you guys um, to, to show how different it is from the American dollar. So right here, I have the Singapore dollar. This is $10 Singapore and it's red and it kind of feels kind of plasticky. So very different from the American bill. Um, Charmaine, what could I buy with that? I feel like you could buy really good food with that. Maybe, you know, three bowls of noodles with that okay. because, um, you know, this goes a long way food wise in Singapore. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, I also have a Japanese yen bill. Um, it was just some leftover when I was traveling in Japan. So I think this is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's blue and it, it feels kind of papery like the American dollar. And what could that buy somebody? You know, I should know this. I think it could buy maybe a box of chocolates. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Jean. You can do a lot with a box of chocolates. I don't have piles of cash lying around, Jean. <laughs> um, I, I love that. That is an excellent, excellent graphic. <laughs> um, Charmaine, this is a really good question. What advice would you give to women turn equal pay in the field of finance. This is obviously someone who follows current events, who sees headlines on this topic. That is a really good question. Um, and, you know, I think this is a, a, a topic that is always widely discussed. I'm pretty sure it was discussed during our diversity conference and, you know, day to day with women everywhere. So I think my um, advice is don't be afraid to negotiate. Um, you know, I saw this quote online. Um, in business or in life, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. So um, when you, you know, start your first full-time job or, you know, your future jobs, I would say, you know, negotiating for your salary um, is really important and not having, you know, that factor of being a woman, um, you know, reducing that expected pay that you want. I, we have a saying internally at Trout with the best version of you is you. And, and exactly. Just you. Um, exactly. 
Exactly. I'd love to echo that for the yeah the young the students the younger student base that, that's that's listening in. Right. Um, right. Exactly. One more here, and then I, we have so many questions in the YouTube chat now. Um, one thing I'm going to ask I'm going to ask um, our some of my team members at Travelwood to grab those questions, and we can answer them after sure. this episode because they're 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 fantastic. Sure. Um, the last one, another kind of company specific one, which is is a good one. Does Ansys offer incentives to employees if they think creatively, if they develop ideas? I know on the engineering side, if uh, you create a pattern, I think you do get featured um, on a wall in our headquarters. I've never actually seen it because um, I, yeah, I've never seen that wall, but um, you do get recognition and I'm, I'm pretty sure you do get financial incentives as well. Um, on the finance end, I mean, I would say if you're a good performer um, in general, you do also get financial incentives in terms of you know, things like bonuses and raise. So in, that's how I think um, of it when, you know, I think of incentives to employees, whether it's saving money or, you know, coming up with new ideas, um, you know, or kind of helping the company grow in general. But, and I'll, I'll add to that answer, you know, the harder, the harder you work, the more that those kind of things tend to fall in your favor. Yeah, there's a saying, you know, the more hardworking you are, the more lucky you get. I think that's true. hundred uh, percent agree. <laughs> We've had a lot of questions on, on bull and bear markets. I'm going to throw out two statistics for our audience that'll answer a, a handful of these. The average bull market lasts about four and a half years, whereas the average bear market lasts about 14 months. So that helps to put some context in terms of uh, we view investing as a long-term relationship as, um, you know, looking out far, far into the horizon. That gives some numbers around that. Um, it's fascinating. I want, so we did something kind of fun. Um, Charmaine, there's one more question. I do want to, I'm going to throw one more question from sure. you. Uh, uh, surprise uh, question. A surprise <laughs> question, but give us, give us in 30, 60 seconds, where's your story? How did you get to West Virginia? How did you get to Pittsburgh? And then how, how did you get here? Yeah, so um, very interesting story. My mom was actually an alumnus of West Virginia University. I applied to a few different schools, West Virginia being one. I also applied to a few schools in Florida. Um, but I ended up at West Virginia because, you know, they had good incentives to be a student there. They had a few scholarships they offered me um, because of my GPA coming in. Um, and they were going to let me graduate in three years um, because of all the AP classes I had from before. So, you know, in my mind, I would be saving so much money, um, you know, if I cut one year out of college, um, normally a four-year program, and also with all these partial scholarships. So for me, it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, and that's how I kind of got in West Virginia. Um, after that, I was offered a full-time position at Milan Pharmaceuticals. Um, the main finance office is also in West Virginia. And that's kind of how I started my career. Um, after that, I got introduced to ANSYS and, you know, they are in the Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania area. And so I moved up here to be with ANSYS and, you know, it's been a good time. Very grateful for everything that has happened so far. Are you from Pittsburgh originally or from West Virginia originally? I'm originally from Singapore and that's okay. why um, Singapore currency lying around. Okay. Singapore to West Virginia to Pittsburgh. Exactly. It's been a journey, but it's been fun. It's a fantastic and it's an inspirational journey. Charmaine, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of bookend the way we started with uh, women in finance and mm -hmm. a challenge question for our student audience. And any student that knows the answer to this, big extra credit for the educators. I'm not going to pause long. In 2019, 
and we're going to narrow our universe to the S&P 500 companies, which CEO was the number one paid? I didn't say he or she, but I think there's a hint here, given the topic that Charmaine and I have been discussing, who was the number one paid CEO in 2019. She did a fantastic job at a company called AMD. So there's a, a fun, I don't want to, I don't, I want to, we want to lead our students to the, to the answer. Um, Lisa, <laughs> AMD, 2019, woman CEO was the number one paid. We are making great strides in the industry. And when I, when I get in the classroom and see students like who are watching live right now, I have so much hope for our future. Um, so excited. I'm going to do a, a little, a quick screen share to wrap up Charmaine. And okay. I'm going to jump back to the ANSYS fact sheet. We have a fun button on our fact sheets, um, explore careers. And I'm going to click that button because you sure. inspired me today. Sure. <laughs> I want to work with Charmaine. I am so inspired by your story that I want to come here and see what's possible. And, All and right. I, parents, I think this is really fun. I, I'm having fun with this, but change your keyword. But I, for fun, put work with Charmaine just to see what would happen. We'll see if anyone wants to work with me. <laughs> oh, well, that's for a lot of people. There's a big list. And I that's think a big great assignment to explore. Great work, Reagan. I see the correct answer popping on the screen there on the AMD question as well. Um, it's awesome. Those career explorers, this humanizes these steps that we have. I always like to tell um, our students, the world is at your fingertips. Um, have fun exploring. You're a great example of that, Charmaine. You too. I mean, it really is. And I think uh, a good thing to remember too is it's okay to pivot and it's okay to change career paths or, you know, what you want to do. I think, you know, just, you know, have focus, have good ethic, and you're going to have a lot of fun along the way and learn a lot of things from a lot of smart people. That is so powerful. Charmaine, I'm going to, that was so powerful. I'm going to throw a, you the conclusion here. And <laughs> what would be your, your words of wisdom to um, let, you know, given the topic women in finance, uh, the young yeah. women, the girls that are watching this, would be your advice. Yeah, I would definitely say, um, you know, never let, you know, factors such as your age or gender play a part in, you know, your career and your success story or your story in general. I would say, you know, factors such as um, certifications or work ethic is way more important than things like gender and, um, you know, age. So never let that stop you. That's what I, that's how I always feel. Well said. Charmaine, thank you. To our students, our educators, our parents watching Troutwood Live, thank you. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thank you. See you. You've been listening to Watching Trees Grow, presented by Troutwood. Don't forget to subscribe both to our podcast and our YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in learning more about Troutwood, please visit us at troutwood.com or follow us on social media. A special thank you to our guests today and our host, Jean Natale. Our producers are Jeff Davidek, Maggie Mayer, and me, Kristen Malone. This podcast is not intended to provide legal, investment, or tax advice on any of the topics we've covered. Thanks for listening. Join us next time on another great episode of Watching Trees Grow.